This is Todd from the Junkyard Outreach. Welcome and thanks for joining me. For more information and episodes, check out junkyardoutreach.com. Acts chapter 4 verse 32. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common, and with great power the apostles were given their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of land or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid them at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. So in Acts chapter 4, we're introduced to a man who made a huge contribution to the kingdom of God, but is really not known by many professing Christians. Joseph was called by the apostles, son of encouragement. Now, the reason he was called a son of encouragement is because he obviously was an encouragement to those around him. And this could have been his natural personality, or it could have been a supernatural gifting, as noted in Romans chapter 12. And it says in verse 6, having gifts that differ according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith in service, in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So, the one who exhorts with exhortation. Exhortation, it means comfort or encouragement. And that's what Barnabas was known for. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, they're crucial in the body of Christ. God gives certain people a supernatural ability to do something according to God's plan, not according to someone else's demands or desires. So, we get weird with, you know, I want to do this, I want to do that. And that's not the case. It's it's God saying, I want you to do this, or I want you to do that. And I'm going to equip you to do those things. In this case, Barnabas' gift would be crucial for the work God had prepared Paul to do. And regarding the book of Acts, focusing on Paul's story, we read how many things he suffered. When you read through the book of Acts, it's like, dang, Paul suffered all the time. In fact, in Acts chapter 9, when Paul meets Jesus for the first time, the Lord tells a man named Ananias, who was likely on Paul's hit list as he was coming into the city of Damascus to carry off all the Christians to prison, he told Ananias how much Paul would suffer for his name. And Paul went by his Hebrew name, Saul, then. And so Saul was on a rampage against the believers until Jesus got his attention. But alongside Paul, we find this son of encouragement serving in the ministry. You know, at the beginning, Moses wanted nothing to do with God's plan to deliver Israel. He was fine where he was, and he actually made God angry with his list of excuses. But God, knowing Moses lacked a lot of things in his own mind, provided Aaron, Moses' brother, to help him out. And together, Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh and ultimately delivered Israel out of Egypt through the mighty hand of God. But Moses needed somebody there by him. David was the anointed king in Israel. At the same time, the first and current king of Israel, also named Saul, was on a psychotic bender over David's popularity and tried to kill him. So Israel wanted a king. God said, give him Saul. Samuel, the prophet, anointed Saul king. And Saul was doing really good at the beginning. And then David comes along. And God commands Samuel, go anoint David, king of Israel. So you had two anointed kings of Israel at the same time. And when Saul was freaking out about everything, God provided Saul's son Jonathan to shoulder the burden of David's dilemma with him. So out of Saul's own house, his son became a partner in David's ministry, if you will. 
And here in the New Testament, God does the same thing for Paul. He gives him a brother to shoulder the burden of ministry, a faithful brother, and encouragement. And in my life, I have a brother in Christ who really helps me shoulder ministry responsibilities and serves as a Barnabas to me. And I think there's a lot of people who just simply need another person in the ministry to assist them. And there are those that don't, but there are those that do. I'm one of those people. I have someone with me that helps me do this. God provided this person for me, and he's been a blessing to me. And as a result, the ministry has grown. So God provides us what we need, and we all need to be encouraged. Barnabas will play an important role in the ministry of the Apostle Paul and will for a time be a traveling companion of Paul's before they part ways. And during that time, a lot of ministry and and trials are happening. And when Paul and Barnabas go their separate ways, others will join Paul. And he ends up with several brothers in his circle, including Silas, Luke, Timothy, etc. And these men serve Paul and help him carry out his calling. So Paul has these men helping him out during his journeys. When Paul gets saved and he comes on board with the plan of God, the disciples and apostles, they're not sold on the idea of having this radical Pharisee, which Paul was, among them. And they avoid him, but it's Barnabas who brings Paul to the apostles. In Acts chapter 9, verse 27, it says, But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord who spoke to him, and how at Damascus he preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So Barnabas is like, hey, this guy's legit. We need to give him a shot. Paul then starts preaching, and people immediately want to kill him. So the apostles send him to his hometown of Tarsus for a while and let things cool down as they wait on the Lord. Then Jesus does something pretty radical. He opens up the door for the Gentiles to enter the kingdom of God, and he sends Peter to kick off the new ministry. And as many of the Jewish believers were scattered after the persecution over Stephen's execution, they carried the gospel to the places they fled to. And, quote, a great many people were added to the Lord, unquote. So there's a wildfire of faith burning everywhere, and the church was growing despite persecution. While all this is happening, Paul, who's still going by the name Saul, was still at home at Tarsus. He's missing all the action. And guess who goes to Tarsus to seek out Paul? Barnabas. Acts chapter 11, verse 25. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And Barnabas takes Paul to Antioch, where another large church had started, and Paul and Barnabas began to teach in that church. As this is continuing, there is a need to support the disciples in Judea. Paul and Barnabas deliver resources to the brothers. So now Paul and Barnabas are on their first gig together. Now everyone is pretty much convinced, yeah, Paul, he's serving the Lord. They return from Jerusalem, bring John, whose other name was Mark, John Mark, with them. He's the guy that wrote the Gospel of Mark. And now Mark is traveling with Paul and Barnabas. In Acts 13, 1, it says, Now there were in the church of Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, or Paul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I've called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. It's important to note that Barnabas was a believer before Paul. Barnabas was a Levite. That meant that he had a heritage in the nation of Israel for ministry. The Levites were the ministers of Israel. And so now we see Barnabas being set apart and Saul. It's not Saul and Barnabas. It's set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. So the church at Antioch was fat with prophets and teachers, and the Holy Spirit sends off Barnabas and Paul. And again, notice it says, Set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Not just Paul, them. Barnabas just wasn't a helper, far from it. He was a co-laborer and a co-sufferer of the ministry with Paul. We hear a lot about Paul, but behind the scenes, a son of encouragement is fully laboring for the gospel with Paul. And it's funny how some people who are amazing followers of Christ really don't get a lot of recognition. 
I recall several years ago a story, and I looked online. I actually found it, and it's on several different sites. It says Theodore Roosevelt was coming home from Africa where he had been hunting big game. When he boarded the ship at an African port, they rolled out the red carpet for him. The crowds gathered on the dock and applauded him. When he boarded the ship, he was given the finest suite on board. All through the voyage, he was the center of interest. Everybody went out of the way to favor the great man. Another man boarded the ship at the same time. He was an old missionary who had given his life away for Christ in Africa. Now his wife was dead, his children were gone, he himself was old and worn out going back to America. But no one noticed him, no one applauded him. He was just a lonely old man. When the ship docked at San Francisco, a great crowd greeted Mr. Roosevelt. They applauded him. When he walked out on the deck, the bells rang, the whistles blew, and again they rolled out the red carpet, and he landed amid pomp and glory. But no one was there to meet the old missionary. No one noticed him. He went to a small hotel to spend the night. That night the missionary knelt by the side of his bed and prayed, Lord, I'm not complaining but I just don't understand. I gave my life for you in Africa, but it seems that no one cares. There was no one to greet me, no one to encourage me. When I came home, Lord, I don't understand. And then it seemed that the Lord reached down from heaven and laid his hand on the old man's shoulder and reminded him, Missionary, you are not home yet. Barnabas was a laborer for the Lord, and his name is penned in Scripture, but it's very easy to miss the sacrifice he made during the years of ministry. Like some of you who have labored for the Lord, at a church, at home, volunteering at a school, at your workplace, whatever. You've served the Lord faithfully, and you don't get a lot of recognition. Just remember one thing. You are not home yet. Thank you.